Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their worlds. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. Customer focus, a commitment to customer satisfaction. This is part three of the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. We've spent the last uh, two episodes talking about this idea of a customer focus, and today we're going to continue that conversation because it is such an important leadership skill. I'm with Ron Price, the co-author of The Complete Leader. Ron, great to be with you. Good to be with you again, Dale. And uh, let's let's do a quick recap. Um, I'm going to encourage listeners to go back and listen to those first two episodes because we covered so much in depth on this idea of a customer focus, just how important it is. And you laid out a great um, a great process and and systems for us to use. Uh, so g- give us a quick recap of what we've talked about up to this point. Well, Dale, we started with the idea that our customers' perceptions are really important because they're the basis on which they make decisions to do business with us and to continue doing business with us. From there, we talked about this model that came from Japan's turnaround of quality that's called SIPOC, that we have a supplier that provides an input, and then we create more value in the process, and then we create an output that goes to our customer. So understanding that supply chain of how value gets created and understanding what the supplier wants and um, is looking for is an important part of us being successful with customer focus. From there, we looked at the Kano model of quality, which is a way that we can understand our customer's experience and use it to delight our customers and turn them into raving fans. That began by understanding what they have to have from us or they're not going to do business with us. So we find that, excuse me, we find that by talking to customers who've left us and discovering why they decided to leave or by looking at the complaints that come in because the complaints are the precursors to a customer going and finding a different supplier. Next, it's the more is better. What are the additional characteristics or features or benefits that we bring to them that make them feel better and better and better about the relationship that we have with each other? So we're understanding what they're focused on. And then the last level of the Cano model of quality was understanding the things we could do that might surprise and delight them because they weren't things they had thought of in our relationship. But when they see them, they say, yes, this is great. And they actually become our advocates. They become raving fans telling other people about us as a result. So that's what we've covered up to this point. But today, what I wanted to talk about is is what I think is something that often gets overlooked in talking about customer focus. And that is that if you think everybody is a potential customer, it's almost impossible for you to build the kind of relationships with your customers that we're talking about. And so when I'm talking about customer focus here today, I'm talking about who is your customer? Who's your ideal customer? And how can you understand to align the services, the values, the products you bring so that you build this kind of a raving fan relationship with them? We want everybody to choose our business. Yeah, that's right. And if everybody's your customer, nobody's going to be an ideal customer. So a very important part of a leader developing customer focus is a skill. 
is the context in which they define who their ideal customer is. And what guides me down this path is something that Peter Drucker wrote years ago. He really wrote it around developing strategy, but it became known as the Drucker Five. And we often use this in the strategic planning work that we do with our clients. So it's five questions that you ask and think about and go deeper into in order to understand your business. So question number one is what business are you in? Question number two is, so who is your customer? And we're going to come back to that in a moment. Question three is, what does your customer want? Question four, how are you doing in providing them with what they want? And question five, so what is your plan going forward? How are you going to continue to build that relationship and improve that relationship? So these are five very simple questions, but they help us to begin to understand with more focus who our customer is. And the way that we talk about it as developing a leadership skill is leaders need to understand who their ideal customer is if they're going to be successful with customer focus. So how do you develop this picture, this idea of who your ideal customer is? And there are a number of things that we think about. I first start with three ideas. First is who are the right people that I should be hanging out with that are going to help me understand who my ideal customers are? Then how am I going to create the right kind of relationship with them? And then thirdly, how am I going to understand and define the value that I bring to them so that it's a significant value that's going to be difficult for other people to match? So let me explain how we do that at Price Associates in a way that might help our listeners to define their own ideal customer. In defining our ideal customer, we begin by asking ourselves, what are the values that we think our ideal customer is going to have? And what we mean by that is if their values are something that we resonate with, if their values are something that we value, there's a much greater chance of a long-term connection because we're, you could say we're rowing in the same direction. So in our case, what we're looking for in our ideal customer is somebody, first of all, who does their business with integrity. Who, who understands the importance of building a business based on earned trust. Because we know that if somebody has that kind of a value, there's a good chance that we'll partner well together. The second value that we're looking for is do they appreciate continuous learning? Do they appreciate, do they value growth? Or are they just trying to keep pace? Are they just sort of uh, running in place? Because we don't really help businesses that are just trying to maintain the status quo. We know that our greatest ability to help a business is a business that has an appetite for growing, for becoming more than they are today, and leaders who have that appetite for growing. So we're looking and listening. We don't want to tell them this is the way they need to be. We're looking for clients who already have that as a value, already have that as a motivation, because it tells us that there's a potential that we'll end up having an ideal relationship. And then the third thing that we're looking for is we're looking for customers who value long-term relationships. So we're not looking for customers who just want to use us as a vendor to come and do a one-day event and then what, what we often refer to as one and done. We're looking for clients who want to have a relationship because they believe in the synergy of working together over a period of time. So those are very simple things, but we can we can develop interview questions. We can listen to what potential customers are telling us they want. And if we understand that part of customer focus is identifying the ideal customer and prioritizing those relationships and not spreading ourselves out too thin, it has a huge impact 
on our ability to develop customer focus with an intensity that makes us different than their other options that they could go to. <clears throat> there are other things that we look at beyond values. We look at, for instance, is the person we're talking to somebody who's involved in an organization that would really benefit by what we provide? There's, it, there's no reason for us to offer things that we know we can do well to an organization that's not going to get a big benefit from it. And so we're looking for an exponential benefit. We're not looking for some an organization or a leader that's going to get a little benefit from what we provide. We're looking for an organization that is going to get a transformational benefit from what we provide. And Dale, that's really not so much dependent on what it is we're bringing to the table. It's more dependent on the context of what they're trying to do, what's important to them. So our customer focus is on understanding them well enough to know whether or not the things we bring to the table are going to make a big difference. If they're not going to make a big difference, then it's not an ideal customer. And then one of the third things that we're looking at is, is the resource alignment correct? Do they have the kind of resources to invest in the things that we provide that are going to create this multiple of of return on investment for them. And of course, it's not only tangible monetary return on investment, but that's an important piece of it. And then another thing we're looking at when we're looking at uh, who is our ideal customer is how do they go about making decisions to do this kind of work that we're involved in, that we're related to? Because we don't want to create stress for them. We don't want to create a challenge that now they don't have the power or the wisdom or the pathway to make a good decision. So we want to make sure that we're aligning with the way that they go about making decisions. So there are more things that can be included. But as an example, you can see how by us having that picture of what our ideal customer looks like, it gives us the ability to have a sharpened focus and to develop skills of interaction and discovery and analysis so that we can quickly know whether or not we're connecting and building a relationship with an ideal customer that's going to let us do our best work and create the most benefit for them. And then we have to avoid the temptation to think that everybody else that we could also do it with. Because the reality is no matter how good our stuff is, if we're not connecting with the right customer, the customer that's ready for us and that's able to engage us in that right way, they're going to end up not looking good and we're not going to end up looking good. And it's actually going to, it's going to be a failure of customer focus in the process. I hear you saying to some degree, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but my perception of this is a humble boldness to be unapologetic about connecting with the right customer. Yeah. And when I talk about at the beginning, I said we need to be in front of the right people. Once we understand who our ideal customer is, we need to think about where is the right place and time and way to engage them. And so we spend a lot of time thinking creatively about that. How do we, how do we put ourselves into a context that gives us the ability to interact with them with value, to interact with them in a way that, that they begin to see that we could be good partners together. So it's not really about selling. It's about relationship building. The second component is how do we build the right 
kind of relationship with them. So we have to be careful that we don't present ourselves as a vendor that just does a one and done. Oh, we're just going to do a workshop or we're going to do a one day strategic planning session. Because if we create that kind of a marketing message, if we create that kind of a brand, then we're working against what we're actually trying to do, which is identify people who want something different. And then the third part of that, remember I said it's being in front of the right person, building the right kind of relationship with them where we respect them for what they do and they respect us for what we do. Then the third part is making sure that if we're going to engage with them, the benefit they're going to get out of it is going to be far beyond any expense they incur in terms of time or focus or money. And by the way, Dale, I put it in that order because I think the easiest thing to give up is your money. The thing that's hardest for you to give up is your time and your focus because that's a limited resource. So we're we're wanting to make sure that if we're going to invite them to give their time, their focus, and their money in this relationship, that the result of it is going to be something that they're going to brag about, that they're going to feel really good about, that they're going to say that was – I remember uh, one of our clients several years ago, he did a little video testimonial for us. And on the video, he said, it's one of the most expensive projects I've ever – paid for but it was worth every penny of it every penny of it and more well that's that's the kind of relationship that we want to have where and i think everybody who's a leader wants to have the kind of relationship where the kind of value you create for your customers they they feel good about paying you what you ask for and they feel that what they got was way beyond what they paid for have you ever said no to a potential customer if so, how, how do you do that? Almost every, almost every week. Because uh, there are people that we talk to who are reaching out to us and asking if we can do work with them. And as we go through this process of trying to understand them, understand what it is they need, what they're looking for, we regularly find that this is not going to be a good fit. That we could go in and get paid for doing one project or something, but we wouldn't be building a long-term relationship and we wouldn't be able to do our best work and the benefit that they realize from it for a variety of reasons that are no criticism of them is just that they don't fit that definition of what our ideal customer looks like. So it may be that that we're just not a good resource fit, that it may be that they're so big that we can't scale with them. It, there are any number of reasons why we might say, you know, we're sorry, but we don't think you're a good fit. And in addition to that, Dale, not only do we say no, but oftentimes we refer to them to somebody that we think is a better fit. Mm, so you're looking for ways still to serve that potential customer, just not directly. Yeah, and this is part of our, it's part of the DNA of our business, but we're a relationship business first. When we look at the financial results that we get, those are the postmortem of whether or not we did a good job serving people. So our primary goals are not financial. We do have financial goals, but they're down the line. Our primary goals are what kind of relationships are we going to build? And I'm not saying this like I think we've mastered it. I'm saying it that this is what we aspire to. This is what we keep wanting to get better at. Because not only do we believe that leads to business success, but it also leads to a lot of job satisfaction in the world we do. It leads to a good life because we feel great about what we do. We have wonderful relationships and we feel like we're really making a difference in the world as a result. Fantastic. Any final words for us? Well, I encourage people, take the time. 
to think about and define who your ideal customer is. And it, when you get that big picture of your ideal customer, it makes it very easy for you to say no and to feel good about it. And you're developing the skills of customer focus that are going to pay off throughout the rest of your leadership journey. Ron Price, co-author of The Complete Leader. You can find the book anywhere you like to buy books. We would ask that you go in to uh, iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app and rate and review this podcast. Hopefully we have earned five stars from you. Also, just drop a note to somebody who you think would benefit by listening to this podcast, this series, especially on a customer focus as a leadership skill. You'll find it as one of the core competencies in The Complete Leader. With that, uh, you can always check out the website, thecompleteleader.org. A lot of resources there for you to grow this and many more leadership skills. This is The Complete Leader Podcast. Everything you need to become a high-performing leader. Thanks for listening to The Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org. 